Harry Potter. Buck Rogers. Penny Arcade. The Wheel of Time. Unicorns. Comic Gun. The Beatles. Portal. Star Wars. Doctor Who. Rainbow Bright. Eureka. Hey, fanboys and fangirls, it's time for another Confessions of a Fanboy. This time I have my good friend Al Kessel with me, and uh, welcome to the podcast, Al. Thank you, Kenny. So uh, why don't we first start off with just getting to know Al. Tell us a little about yourself. <laughs> well, it's not an interesting story for sure, but... Uh, oh, I beg to differ. <laughs> well, I live, in, uh, I live in a suburb, if that term is even used anymore, of uh, Phoenix, Arizona, with my lovely wife, Joyce. And uh, I, of course, have a full-time job, just like everybody else. But uh, like a lot of us superheroes, I also... Uh, do podcasting. So that's kind of my, um, my outlet, my, you know, pressure release valve. Uh, mm-hmm. Joyce and I actually host, uh, three podcasts and then I, ho- I host, uh, another one with, uh, with you called the MASH 4077 podcast. Um, I, uh, I'm currently working towards my second master's degree. Uh, first one is a master's in uh, marketing and I'm really making use of that. Not really. Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, I work, I come home, podcast, watch a bunch of TV and, uh, enjoy my life with my wife. Awesome. When was your first recollection of being a fanboy and what was it of? Well, two. You know, back back in the in the dark ages when I was <laughs> uh, really a fanboy, uh, I was I was a kid. I mean, I was uh, really young, and uh, it was when my father uh, turned me on to Star Trek, the original series. Uh, the the funny thing about that story is that uh, the very first, uh, and I've told this before, but the very first TV show that uh, the very first thing I ever saw in living color was an episode of Star Trek. The next, I mean, I'm sorry, Star Trek, the original uh, series. And it was the episode city on the edge of forever. And I will never, ever forget that. Uh, but it was probably around that time, uh, when I started hanging out at bookstores and libraries and reading all kinds of science fiction and fantasy novels. Uh, I guess that's, you know, probably when, when you can pinpoint when I became a fanboy. Mm-hmm. Now, did you see Star Wars when it was out in the theaters? I sure did. In fact, I saw it on opening day. Uh, my father was all excited about it and, you know, packed us up and we, that was probably the, the only movie that he ever took us to on opening day. Wow. That's great. I can't even say that. But that's, <laughs> that's, that's pretty awesome. So would you say that your, your father was a big influence on your, your fandom to be, to be a geek or a nerd? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He was a, he was a voracious reader. Uh, he, uh, he was the kind, he worked, he worked for Ford Motor. So he worked in the, in the shop there. Uh, and he always had a paperback novel, you know, kind of curled up in his back pocket. So, um, uh, that's, that's probably where I picked it up. And, uh, yeah, he definitely influenced me on my, on my taste in, uh, in literature and, uh, movies and things. Mm-hmm. That's great. Now, if you had to pinpoint, you, you know, I know, I think we talked earlier before we started recording that, uh, you're more of a, of a, of a sampler. You like to sample all different types of fandoms. You're mm-hmm. not really specific on one or two. That's right. But if I made you choose and you had to pick one or two, 
what would your favorite fandom be? Hmm. See, that's that's a tough one um, <laughs> because it, it would have to be a tie. I would, I, I think. Um, of course, science fiction and fantasy mm-hmm. would be up there uh, because that you know that's been with me uh, almost all my life. Mm-hmm. But and this is where it's going to get weird, folks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Rocky. And I don't mean like Rocky Road ice cream. I mean Rocky Balboa. You know the whole Sylvester Stallone created persona of Rocky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mm-hmm. think for for many many years that that kind of uh, identified who I was. So I would have to say that I'm my two biggest fandoms would be science fiction, fantasy, and Sylvester Stallone. All right, here comes the restraining order, right? <laughs> I know. I just learned this about you. I thought it was so interesting that I didn't know that you're a huge fan of Sylvester Stallone and that you know a lot of facts about him. And right. right. I mean, you are a fanboy of Sylvester Stallone. I sure am. That's awesome. <laughs> it's very unusual. You don't find many people who are big fanboys of Sylvester Stallone anymore. No, probably not. No, no. You know, back in the heyday, yeah. Back mm-hmm. in the day when you know he was doing Rockies and he was doing um, Rambo's. Yeah, that's but, right. Uh, nowadays. Nowadays, well, that's cool. So, what, what made you what made you interested in Sylvester Stallone or in the Rocky character? I guess is what really got you hooked. Yeah, well, see, it's kind of a you know serious side of the story here, but um, I remember when Rocky first came out back in 1976, and and I remember um, how much uh, it just kind of spoke to me because he's this underdog. You know, when I was young, I was uh, I was the odd man out sort of. Uh, I was very heavy when I was young and I was always picked on. My own brothers picked on me quite a bit when I was young. So when Sylvester Stallone created this character of Rocky, he, you know, and I, and I, I actually read the book too, um, based on the movie. I, it just kind of spoke to me because here's this character who's not the smartest person in the world. He's not the best looking, uh, but he's got a heart of gold and he never quits. And he takes those attributes and succeeds. You know, he, he actually does something that nobody thinks he can do, uh, which is stand toe to toe with uh, Apollo Creed, the, the champion of the world. Now that, that spoke to me. And then when, uh, when my father passed away in uh, 1980, I got into a really dark place in my, um, in my life. You know, I, I got very depressed, which I mean, it's natural. I was 15 years old. Yeah. Um, and my father passed away. He might, the biggest influence on my life. And I had kind of two choices at that point. I could kind of take the dark path and get into drugs and alcohol and do really stupid things with my life, or I could dive deep into something. And I, I dove deep into Rocky. And, uh, that's why I say quite honestly that Rocky and Sylvester Stallone saved my life. That's great. It's nice, nice to have that. Mm hmm. You know, that, that, that anchor that kept you sane during right. those times. Oh, yeah, you know? absolutely. That's very cool. Now, did you ever consider going into boxing because of that? Actually, I did. Um, and I... I, I was I was pretty good. I mean, I wasn't uh, I wasn't Rocky <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and uh, in fact, I remember uh, I, I started training at, at a club out here in uh, in in Phoenix, and uh, I was doing really well, you know. And then the first time I actually got into the ring with somebody, the first time I got hit in the face, I was like, "Oh my, what am I doing?" Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know the the. Uh, 
the cliche ringing of the bell. Well, <laughs> I heard a lot yeah. of ringing. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the end of my, uh, my boxing career. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> short lived, right? Very short lived. Nice, nice. Now you mentioned that you're also a sci-fi fantasy fan. Uh huh. Do you, do you have a favorite among those? I know you mentioned Star Trek is like your first memory. Did that become your favorite because of that? Probably, I think so. Uh, it, you know, I think probably the same as everybody else who is gaga over uh, Star Trek. The, mm-hmm. the whole story speaks to you. I mean, it's it's a wonderful story uh, of not just going to the stars, but of unity. I mean, the, the underlying theme of the whole Star Trek universe is a better place and mm-hmm. uh, a better future. Right, yeah. exactly. So, I would have to say that my probably my all time favorite would be the original series, uh, and then you know, I'd say the next generation would be up there, and uh, recently Enterprise. I, I've gotten to mm-hmm. know uh Enter- Star Trek Enterprise all over again. I've been watching the the entire series uh, again and uh rediscovering that and yeah, I uh I would say that. And then my second would be Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. Yeah, that seems to be everybody's like one and two are are, are between those two. So now I know you're married and you have children. Mm-hmm. Were you able to influence them with your fandom? Well, not so much my daughter, because uh, my, my daughter is the quintessential jock. <laughs> <laughs> but you were a jock also. I was. I was. I was very competitive. I, I played football all through high school. I played semi-pro football, uh, competed in the Scottish Highland Games. So she gets that from me. But that was it. <laughs> she didn't get any of my love for sci-fi geekiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my wife, Joy. She, um, you know, when when we first met, I, I don't think she uh, had anything nice to say about anything science fiction. But um, <laughs> you know, we made a deal in the beginning that uh, if she watched or experienced some sci-fi with me, I would do the same for her with with whatever it was she likes, and she likes you know Nicholas Sparks and things like that. So mm-hmm. we started doing that. I mean, she, I would read like a Star Trek novel, and then she would read it, and. I would read a Nicholas Sparks novel for her. And then she started enjoying the movies and the, and the TV series. So, uh, I would say I was successful at converting her. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Now you, you mentioned the, the Highland games, the uh-huh. Highland Scots. Scottish now, Highland can you, games. Yeah. yeah. Can you talk about those a little bit? Yeah. Um, they're kind of a, it's an interesting thing. I like, what I like to say is, um, well, when most people ask me what the what the Highland Games are, they'll compare it to you know the Strongest Man competition. Yeah, that's what's in my head. Right. What I say is, what we do is everything that they lift, we throw, <laughs> and we do it in kilts. So basically, the Scottish Highland Games, uh, you know, way, 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 way back, started as a form of um, of competition among clans. In the, in Scot in uh, Scotland, uh, you know, like a, a Scottish king would uh, would need a runner, you know, somebody to run messages. So he would host this uh, this event, you know, like a, the Scottish Highland Games. But of course, they weren't called that back then. And he would he would have competitions and contests to find the fastest runner, the the, the strongest person, uh, the prettiest you know girl, the dancers and things like that. And then he would employ them in his court. And over the centuries, that kind of changed here and there. And it was actually used when, when, uh, when England, uh, ruled Scotland or when they were invading Scotland, uh, 
they put a ban on all things military. So the Scottish people could not uh, practice their military arts. So they converted these, these festivals into ways of training and ways of, uh, you know, keeping their military skills, uh, honed, which is where one of the biggest events in the Scottish Highland Games is called the hammer throw. It's kind of like the Olympic hammer th- uh, throw, but instead of a wire, the, uh, the weight is on a semi rigid pole. You know, it's like a three or four foot, um, rattan or PVC pole. And of course you can see the military, uh, uses for something like that. And then the most popular thing, of course, is the caber, which is the, the telephone pole that, uh, that we, yeah, the big sticky. Right. Yeah. Uh, wow. yeah. So I got, I got heavily into the Highland games, uh, several years ago. Uh, I'm Scottish, uh, on my mother's side. And, um, I was actually quite, uh, quite good at it. I, I, I competed all throughout, uh, Arizona, California and, uh, and, uh, Colorado. I moved up quickly in the rankings and was just about to turn pro when I blew out my knee for mm. the first time. And then when I tried to make a comeback, my shoulder got uh, tweaked and resulted in a shoulder replacement. So I had to retire. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Sounds fun, though. Oh, it was a lot of fun, yeah. Cool. Now, how how would you say that your fandom, either in any of your fandoms, because you have many fandoms, how has that influenced your life? Well, you know, it's it's kind of. Funny. I mean, we know, I'm sorry. We know that Rocky saved your life, right? So right. that was huge, right there. Mm-hmm. It. Uh, well, my love for science fiction gives me, you know, it kind of feeds my creativeness. Uh, I, you know, like I said before, we do podcasting and I write short stories and, and things like that. So the, uh, the science fiction aspect kind of feeds that creativity in me. And it also, you know, as corny as this might sound, it, it gives you hope for the future. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you look at real life and you see, well, <laughs> our future doesn't look so happy right now, but, uh, science fiction gives you, most science fiction gives you a different outlook on that. So, uh, I think in that way, it's influenced my life to maybe encourage me to see things brighter. Very cool. All right. So now there's this big controversy that's been going around that the geek is chic and people are just <laughs> pretending to be geek just for, you know, because it's trendy and it's the cool thing to do. Do you buy into that? Uh, now, <laughs> I I can definitely see that. You know, I see, and and that's the funny thing, uh, because when when I was a kid, being a geek was, you know, you were like a pariah. It was oh yeah, I remember. Thing. I remember those days. Yeah, we used to get pummeled for that. But uh, it, it's kind of ironic that now the the people that we used to view as quote unquote the cool kids are 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 playing geek because it's kind of the cool thing to do. And yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I see that happening. And personally, you know, it's, it's kind of a mixed bag for me here. I, I kind of like it in, in the, in the way that it's, you know, bringing kind of a positive light to, uh-huh. to geekdom. But there's a small part of me that kind of looks at it and, and says, well, number one, they're mocking us. And number two, uh, what's going to happen to it? I mean, if it becomes this big, you know, popular thing, it's going to kind of take the specialness away. And, That's true. Yeah, and yeah, I can see that. I know that, uh, you know, there are a few of these popular uh, geeky girls 
out there. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I won't name names, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, personally, I think that they're just posers. Uh, you know, now I'm not talking about Felicia Day because she, what she, we, uh, anybody who knows her, especially you, Kenny, knows that she's truly a geek, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And I think that a lot of these posers see, you know, what it's done for, for Felicia and, and how successful she is with this. And so they're trying to recreate that, that, that lightning. And I just, and I just don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Well, I really appreciate you stopping by and, and confessing your fandoms mm -hmm. to me. You have many fandoms, very interesting ones too. <laughs> and, um, Thanks again for stopping by. Now, I know you do some podcasts, so why don't we uh, promote some of that stuff? Well, sure. The uh, Like I mentioned, uh, my wife, Joyce, and I do three podcasts currently. We have to keep up with you. Uh, <laughs> the big one and the main one that we do is called Tales from the Mouse House, a Disneyland podcast. Now, obviously, it's a Disneyland podcast, and uh, we, we focus solely on the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim, California. Uh, we We do ride reviews, uh, food reviews. We do all kinds of things on that show. Uh, cause we, that's one of our fandoms as well is, is Disney. Mm -hmm. The, uh, the second one we do is a, a pot, a fan podcast on the, uh, CBS reality show, uh, the amazing race. And that one is called amazing race fast forward podcast. That, uh, we, is a weekly podcast that we do while it's in season and we give you a recap on the, uh, the week prior on uh, each leg of the race that we'll give you our predictions and our thoughts of the teams. And, uh, we have a great time doing that. And, uh, the third one we do is called just because as if, you know, the other two podcasts weren't enough, uh, <laughs> we decided that we have a lot of things that we want to share with others that don't fit into those two categories. So we created the just because podcast. And, uh, we think what the neat, one of the neat things about that show is that it really has no format, whatever we feel like sharing, we share. And we open the, uh, the podcast up to others who have things that they want to share, but just don't want to go through the hassle of starting their own podcast. Because as we know, it can be quite a hassle sometime. Oh Yeah. So what we do is uh, we open it up. If you have an idea for an episode of Just Because, you can just contact us at uh, justbecausepodcast at gmail.com and let us know what your ideas are. And then we can arrange a time to record you and we'll do all the work. We'll record it. We'll edit it. We'll, and we'll post it up for you. And, uh, it's, it's kind of a slow go because we don't really promote it very well sometimes, but, uh, it's, it's becoming uh, a bit popular. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Well, again, I really appreciate you stopping by and confessing your fanboyism to me. Well, thank you for having me on. Hi, I'm Al. And I'm Joyce. And, and we're, we're huge, huge Disneyland, Disneyland fans. fans. In fact, we love the place so much, we started a podcast dedicated to the happiest place on Earth. In our show, Tales from the Mouse House, we'll discuss some news and updates on the Disneyland Resort reveal some amazing little-known and often overlooked gems we call hidden treasures, and we'll also review some of the rides and attractions that make the Disneyland Resort so much fun. And we'll review some places to satisfy your hunger attacks, as well as offer up some tips and tricks that we've uncovered over the years that can help you get the most out of your Disneyland Resort vacation. Check out Tales from the Mouse House. In iTunes. It's a world of
That was a scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Alienation, the newcomers podcast, is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. The host will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the newcomer's podcast on iTunes, or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com. Do you remember playing great PC games like King's Quest, Command & Conquer, and X-Wing? Do you remember spending hours tweaking your config sys and auto-exec bat files to eke out just one more K of conventional memory? If you do, then you may be interested in my show, The Upper Memory Block. Every two weeks, we talk in-depth about a game, game series, company, or technology from the DOS and pre-Windows XP gaming era. We'll discuss the story, gameplay, and technology of the games of the time. But more importantly, we're going to focus on what made each game special, interesting stories from their development, and how they shaped what PC gaming is today. If you remember gaming in the late 80s and early 90s, or you're interested in finding out more about it, come join your host Joe in the Upper Memory Block. That's the Upper Memory Block podcast at umbcast.com, or find it on iTunes. Confessions of a Fanboy is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no-derivative, works 3.0 United States license. All rights reserved.